Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller producing the program for us. Glad he is with us. Seeing across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. I think we've lamented it before, but it's worth mentioning again. I really do feel like this generation of children is missing out on having to watch the local news to figure out if their school is closed. Like, a, I, I understand why they do it the yeah, way they do it no, now. People need to plan their plan. It's, it's horses. That people need to plan. School got canceled today for rain. No, I, yeah. listen, the roads weren't that bad, but they're that they're bad. probably going to get worse. It was just like a rainy day. There were there were quite a few accidents in the early morning. Yeah, it, it, there's quite a few accidents when it rains. I think it, I think a two hour delay was merited, and and I I can see why they closed it to be sit, better safe than sorry. And I see why they do it the night before because it's very heroic. Of people you. need hey, to line thank up. You, Mark, you care child more, care you care and more stuff. than ever. They, thank you. Very heroic. People of need you. to figure out. You know, make sure they can get. You know, I know it's a little easier to you know work remotely now, but I do think this generation of child is missing out. Like, can we at least do it? Like, if we're going to do it the night before, can we only make sure that like people have to you know. You know, they have to watch it on TV. No text alerts. Make them watch it on TV. Have have that sense of anticipation that we had. I feel like they're missing out on something. Just getting a text blast, probably, right? Like, that's what most parents get uh, now. You're, you're just being such a hero. <laughs> you're not actually saying what you really think. What do I really think? You really they think They shouldn't have called soft. off school? Yes, exactly. I, I, I'll say this. Growing up in Maryland, so not quite the north. You know, like not like a – but it's also, you know, they have – Worse weather than here yeah, traditionally. You're, you're the Yankees to us. Yes, they've can't they canceled school for some dumb reasons when I was a kid too. You know, like it happens when you get when you get, and that's those are the I'm best not, days off as a kid. I am not, the ones where it's not actually like you know you can actually go places a little bit. Oh yeah, like when a bomb threat gets called into your school. No, oh, I never had that. Oh yeah, no uh, sixth grade big mm. win. 
Got a full 18 there was in some that yes- day. There was yesterday something happened up got in Collierville. Like nothing that. better than the nothing better. You walk into the golf course, the pro shop's like, "What are you doing here?" Mm. Like <laughs> bomb threat. Mm. Yeah, that never happened to me. But, yeah, that's a good one. Um, regardless, uh, wherever you are listening, hopefully you are uh, doing okay. Stay safe. It's going to start icing again here soon. Um, but we're here to get you through it. Talk some sports, Jeffrey. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday. Tell the truth about rumors. Yeah. Well, we're starting now that we are, we're what, 10 days out, nine days out from the NBA trade deadline. You've got the Danny Green comeback coming here tomorrow for the Grizzlies. They are one of the, I wouldn't say they are the main talking point from NBA talking heads going into the trade deadline, but they are one of the talking points. Would you not agree? based on what we're seeing. Like, they're one of the teams people are eyeballing as, well, this is a team that should, you know, they could and should make a move. Who would be ranked ahead of them? I guess the Lakers, just because they suck the oxygen off everything, but it doesn't seem like they've got room to do anything more. Yeah, I think it's like, it's it's certain characters, too. So it's like, you know, like the, the I'm trying, like guys who could potentially, like it's like Toronto is more of like a, well, I mean, because I think, of the situ- you know, the situation there, could they sell? Could they buy? Like people are talking about them a little more, but obviously the Grizzlies are talked about in conjun- in conjunction with that. Um, but I think among the like, if you want to call them, and we'll get into this, contenders, right? Don't you think they're the one being mentioned? You know, I, I guess Denver and Bones Highland are coming up in in conversations. Like apparently, yeah, I don't feel like that that that's supersedes not, that's, the Grizzlies. I don't think I think you're right. It. No, I think you're right. And then like. The Bucks and Jay Crowder, that's being talked about. Um, I think Jay Crowder in general. Yeah, but like the Bucks seem to be the lead candidate right now, but they're not offering enough. But it seems like that they're trying to work something out there. They've given they've given Jay Crowder permission to try and work out a deal himself to get to Milwaukee. Um, essentially, Dallas with like, are they going to get Lucas some help? That's another big one. Yeah, but I, th- I think you're right. I think uh, that, the Grizzlies are getting brought up more because like all along people the, don't view Dallas as a serious contender this well, year. Well, I think also the other big problem is I think anyone with a brain realized, okay, well, Dallas kind of had a lost year this year. Like They had to clear a bunch of space. I'm more interested in Dallas this summer. And then I think the timing of the Grizzlies' five-game losing streak plays into it. You know, they've looked a little shakier than they have all season right as we're approaching the deadline, right? I would say flaws got exposed, maybe yeah. more, and it's right before the deadline, and people see some things. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break down some of these uh, national talking heads, if you will, national uh, folks. We're gonna we're gonna break down their rumors, their takes on the Grizzlies. Are they telling the truth, Jeffrey? We're gonna, we're gonna decide because it's tell the truth Tuesday. Reality is probably not two thirty or so. Tim Murray from Vsin will join us. We'll get his thoughts on. What happened NFL Championship weekend, his early betting thoughts on the Super Bowl. Also talk some college hoops with him. Um, so lots to get to with Tim Murray at 2.40, 2.30 or so, whatever, whenever we get to him. Uh, 3 o'clock, we will get into the list. Um, we've got a Memphis Grizzly in the NBA Rising Stars game that we'll discuss. The Pro Bowl has gone crazy. Aaron Rodgers spoke again today. Jim Beheim is being crotchety. Mm. Um, uh, we got championship game ratings. Uh, the NFL championship game. Lots to get to in the list. And then uh, we might close things up, talk a little college football. It's signing day tomorrow. The traditional is, signing day. Is it? It's like it's when the schools can officially announce their transfers. That's what this has become. That's what, so yeah, that's what tomorrow has become. 
you, you know who's who they're getting as transfers, but like tomorrow, all these schools can officially announce who they have as transfers by and large. Um, so we'll uh, we'll discuss that interesting story about it up at commercialpill.com that I want to talk about. Um, but lots to get to first with the Grizzlies, Jeffrey. Um, they play tomorrow against Portland, uh, seven o'clock, right here on no, 99 it's FM. No, early ESPN. game. I don't know oh, why. Is it? It's at six for some reason. Oh, is it an ESPN game? No, it's still on Bally's. Huh. I don't know why. Oh, well, pre-game si- will be at five thirty. Pre-game five thirty. Tip six o'clock on 99 FM. The magnet schedules on the other side of that. There you go. But I'm nearly certain. Look, look, February one. I'm nearly certain it says six p.m. You're correct, sir. There's a reason I don't know. What oh, it is. you know what it is? They're playing the sec. They're playing Cleveland the ne- tomorrow on Thursday night. Uh, second night, and you have to, to have like a certain, certain number of, of hours yeah. between tip-offs because um, they're playing on national TV on third. They're playing on TNT against Cleveland Thursday in Cleveland, and that's going to be a six thirty tip on TNT. So okay, you gotta, there you go. Probably got to get like twelve hours in. You know separated between games. Uh, so My guess is probably 24 hours. 20, uh, that would be all the game would be. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. Uh, brain fart by See, me there. Eh, is it a brain fart or is it just the math skills of a writer? I was I've, not, never, I've never met an actual writer that just loved math, loved math. I would, it was definitely the weaker of mm-hmm. weaker of my subjects. That and science mm-hmm. were definitely, but I was not, I was adequate. I was, mm-hmm. I was fine. I, I could get by. Yeah, Eric texted me confirming. Yes. Um, all right, so let's start. Should we start with Zach Lowe? Should we start with the athletic power rankings? Should we start, I'll with, start with any the, number of I'm people? I'm going to start with the most common one, okay. and I'm ready to go out on a limb. This is my Tell the Truth Tuesday. Okay. OG Ananobi's the Jeff Green trade 2.0. Oh, wow. So you're going straight to the – because, like, everyone and their mother now at yes. this point. Like, we've heard OG Ananobi mentioned for months yes. as a possibility as a trade. Yes possibility for the Grizzlies but in the last week every national it seems like every national person's bringing him up every local person who's writing a trade stories bring up this is the guy who's been identified as man if the Grizzlies could go get OG Ananobi that could be a move like that's a move like that makes some sense and like he's brought up more than any other candidate more than Malik Beasley more than anyone else OG Ananobi oh I, I I don't even I don't even know who number two is Probably Malik Beasley. And there's but it's a such distant a, yes, second. Correct. Everyone has earmarked. This is the trade that makes sense for the Grizzlies, and they're the they're the team that can get it done with Toronto. This makes them a championship. This is the this is the all in chips in the middle move okay. for the Grizzlies. And so before everyone wants to start, you know, throwing tomatoes at me for bringing up the name of Jeff Green, I would like everyone to rewind the clock. And remember where we were when the Grizzlies made the Jeff Green deal. Mm -hmm. Hand up. All of us look in the mirror. We thought at the time, great move. Mm -hmm. This is a position of need. Jeff Green looks the part. Mm -hmm. This was the, it was the perfect fit, Mark. This was what they needed. It was another wing 3 and D guy. Perfect fit. Why was Jeff Green available? Um, Because... I believe at the time Jeff Green was officially. Uh, I think that was the third team that had given up on him. And while it's a little different with, well, did he get a first round pick from? So he was on. Started with Seattle slash OKC. Yep. And then was on Boston, Boston. and then got traded to Memphis. Yeah. So that was the second team. Mm-hmm. Now OG still with the original. But does anyone ever stop and ask themselves, man, if this guy's so great, why is he available? 
And particularly, this is the one that really blows me away, Mark. When people talk about his contract, if you're Toronto, isn't that the one you want to keep because of the contract? Well, it just depends what they think of it. I think it's it's not that they want to keep it necessarily. It's that they can't. They're probably going to have trouble. I think if you ask them what contract would they prefer trading, I think they'd probably prefer to get off Siakam's contract. Bingo. But I don't think they're going to be able to trade Siakam's contract, I'm still, whereas they can actually trade the Ananobi contract. I'm still woke on this. You know where I think a lot of the OG Ananobi talk is coming from? Toronto. Because they see the Grizzlies as a, Bingo. as a team they can trade with. I mean, the question is, I just don't know if, like, are you trading Dylan in the Ananobi deal? Like, can you get it done without Dylan involved? Without Zaire involved, well, the, I, one of them's probably going to have to get traded okay. in that deal to make it work. Okay, so both here, from a salary and well, from like what, what the Raptors. All right, want. let's take those one at a time. Let's start first with Dylan. Mm-hmm. Even if you can get a deal done without including Dylan, you're not keeping him after this year. If you, well, if, doesn't it beg the question of wouldn't you be creating more problems for yourself? Well, there is like that fine line of you know obviously they've sided. Over the years, with like, we want to make sure the chemistry's right. Like, we don't want to mess mm-hmm. with the the juju, if you will. And like, I think you know, deep down, we've talked about it. I think I I think Danny Green on his podcast <clears throat> was on to something about how the Spurs used to operate where they didn't really make deadline deals when they were ma- changing the team. They did it in the off season. Mm-hmm. Unless it was like they had to make a move because it was a bad apple in the locker. Yeah, room. basically, like you're making a trade to. For chemistry's sake. And I don't sense there's a bad apple in that locker room from a chemistry standpoint. You know? like Completely the, agree with you. And I think deep down, they don't necessarily want to, you know, make some major move like that. But now the question is, should they? You know? And, and I, it's so tough to answer. I think you're right that you're going to end up paying a premium for OG Ananobi right now. Like, right now at this moment. Whereas, Jeffrey, what if I were to tell you, like, you go through the playoffs. Like, what if what if OG Ananobi doesn't get traded at the deadline here? Which is entirely possible. Well, I mean, Like, what if they decide, you know what? I mean, more times than not have we been seeing, this is kind of the more recent trend. The more recent we're gonna trend We're going to wait until the offseason. These then, names come up. These names come up at the deadline, and then they don't get moved until Don't you think the Grizzlies could get a better deal on Ananobi oh, next offseason if they waited out? Well, yeah, because it's a simple math. If you're at the deadline and you're a buyer, you are typically in the position where you've decided you just want to go. Like you've decided you're. It's Christmas Eve. You got to get something for the boys. It doesn't really matter. Like you've decided you're going to buy. My my thought is is that I'm not I'm not bringing Ananobi in here if I'm keeping Dylan Brooks. I'm only doing the deal if I'm deciding. You know what? I need to get something for Dylan Brooks because we're not. We decided. We watched him this season. He's playing probably the worst he's played in a while right now, to be quite honest. Offensively, I, I certainly. Think that, I'll be honest. I think there's a lot of recency bias there. There's been a lot of stretches of bad Dylan basketball. This is a bad – let's just – we can all agree we're in the middle of a bad stretch of Dylan Brooks' offensive basketball. Yeah, I'd agree. Right now. And I think you're right. You don't want to, like – like, I – if you can't tell, like, I just don't think I'd make the move for Ananobi. I think, I think to me, I'm not, tr- I don't think it makes a lot of sense to have Ananobi and Dylan on the team. I don't know if that's going to make, like, 
you're you're gonna like. Do you really think it's gonna help the chemistry of the team if you basically have Dylan's replacement on the roster for the rest of the year? No, that's what in I'm a saying. lot of I ways. Don't... And so, like, if <clears throat> to me, you make the move if you're if you're if you're trying to get something for Dylan before he's a free agent, and you've decided in your head, you know what? I don't think we're gonna re-sign him this off season. So there's a couple of there's a couple of aspects from the Dylan perspective that you got to think about. All right, number one. Do I think OG Ananobi would be a more efficient scorer than Dylan Brooks? Yes, I do. Do I think OG Ananobi is a plus defender in the playoffs compared to Dylan Brooks? No. And here's what you're banking on in the playoffs. Now, those defensive numbers suggest that he is a better defender this season than Dylan Brooks. The, the, the like, advanced stats, if you will. Slightly better. Not much better, but better. Yeah, I, I'm willing to say sample size there. Like, we've seen Dylan in the playoffs. He's a pretty good defender. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think you can do – I don't think you can use OG in the same way that you can use Dylan. Like, I don't think you can sit there and one night tell OG, you're going to guard LeBron, and then the next night you're guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Like, I just don't think you can use him like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Dylan is a unique defensive uh, specimen from that perspective. Here's where – Here's where I'm kind of banking on Dylan and hoping that you're right. And to be honest, it's still a risk. I'm not asking Dylan to be a plus offensive player. You know what I'm asking him to do? Hit wide open shots and then not just decide in the middle of the second quarter, like, I got to go get in rhythm and start getting some shots up. Well, and here's the thing. Here's... You know what Shams is saying today? Do you want you want <clears throat> do you want to comment on a Shams rumor? Let's see let's see whose agent's talking to him today. Um apparently the Knicks and the um the the team showing the most interest in Ananobi right now are the Knicks and the uh potentially Phoenix Suns. Okay. May I ask a question that I need everyone to be honest with themselves? Are those two teams that you want to be compared with? I mean, the one complicating factor of the Knicks is in, you'd like to be and fair what, to Leon Rose. And what and what Shams is saying is that the Knicks are willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG and Anobi, which I don't think the Grizzlies would be willing to do. Um, now, Michael Scoto of Hoops Hype has reported that there's spec- obviously speculation that the Grizzlies will make a run at OG Ananobi. Hold on, hold on. Re- yeah. Repeat that? There's been some speculation from a few rival executives well, no, 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 that like the how, Memphis no, Grizzlies no. can make a run at OG Ananobi. I like how you said it first. He reported that there's been some speculation. Yeah, no, it's like okay, good hey, Mark, stuff. Speculate real yeah. quick. Let me do some reporting. Yeah. Uh, did he get it from this show yeah, or the exactly. other show yeah, or the uh, other uh, podcast? Yeah, or like, the, uh, there's, there's been some speculation. Okay. Um, But I think I still I am convinced – like, this is not like we can. People are gonna clamor for it, but especially if they if like they continue like on a relatively even keel the next week. Like, I mean, maybe if they lose. Wait, what was the so the Justice Winslow deal? Obviously, what was his uh, what was Kleiman's other in season deal? In season deal? Yeah, there's I don't only know been two. No, there's been two. I, I know when you look up the when you look up the stories of. Klein. It was a relatively. It must have been a relatively minor deal. I can't even think of it. I'm trying to. I don't think. I mean, he maybe made two that year technically, 
right? Because remember they picked up Gorgie Jang in some sort of like lesser deal in that year. Yeah, I, I think it was all it, that first year he was the GM. They made they made deadline deals. I don't have think they've they, made a deadline deal since then. Really. Well, that's what I was trying to figure. Have they made a deal since Jaw's been on the team at, in season? Yeah, the Justice Winslow deal. He came mid-season that okay. year. That his I don't rookie know why I was year. That was right before. He came okay. at the deadline of Jaw's rookie year. So there you go. That's, and that was a year in which they were extreme sellers at the deadline. That was when they had Jay Crowder yeah. and Solomon Hill, and were trying to get right. rid of them, um, get something for him because they weren't going to bring him back. And I don't. I do think it's also. I think it's. I think it's necessary to ask this question on a Tell the Truth Tuesday. Are we certain that Kleiman doesn't maybe have a little scar tissue from making a deadline deal? And it's entirely reasonable here. And here's what I would mean by that. For the exact same reasons that we just mentioned. When you decide that you're a buyer at the deadline, you're going to overpay. This is a front office, and I think rightfully so, that views it in principle as we don't want to give up too much for an unknown, if you will. They've made it. I think to me, they've made it clear so far is that you know what, we feel like we're good at drafting. Yeah, and we lean into that by they've been old. Whereas they've, it feels like they've been conservative with how they approach the deadline. Yes, they are aggressive, very aggressive in terms of how they approach a lot the of NBA in draft their, in their scouting. Yes, and, so, and I would, I think it's also reasonable, and that's ask. why I think viewing like the first round picks they have, which are all going to be in like the twenties ultimately. If this team's what we, you know, what it appears to be, what it is, like all those future first round picks they have, even the Golden State one next year, like, you know, yeah, I don't think Golden State's going to be necessarily at the peak of its powers next year, but probably still feels like that's going to be a non lottery pick, right? A but year from now? That would be my guess. Yeah. And all the Grizzlies picks are going to be non-lottery picks. Again, would be my guess. And, But, like, they've gotten Brandon Clark with that type of pick. They've gotten Santi Aldama with that type of pick. They've gotten Desmond Bain with that type of pick. And I think that's how they view it. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I think that's how they look at it in terms of how they're going to be if they're willing to give that pick up. They don't just view it as a late first-round pick. They view it... You know, I think I think they view their first late first round picks. They hold them in higher regard than maybe another team would. Well, I think it's also fair to say this would be my others tell the truth on Grizzlies rumors. My second tell the truth is I don't think they're making a deal, and for the very reason that we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. For instance, taking a, a deal like what it would take to get Malik Beasley, and let's say that it requires swapping one of those first that you just mentioned. I'm going to defend them on this. I'm I'm not sure it's obvious to me that getting Malik Beasley is a better proposition than having them pick in the 20s again. Weirdly, I trust them picking in the 20s more than I trust them picking at 10. And I get it that's a little unfair because you have to remember the context. When they moved up at 10, they viewed it as all right, let's take a, let's take a full swing. Well, and I also And I'm fine with what they And did. I also think they were thinking in their heads Giddy or Franz Wagner. The, all the yeah, reports think, were that Giddy and Franz Wagner the, were their top two, like the I guys the draft, they really wanted. I think the draft moved away from them. Like, yes. and and they ended, like, not that they didn't like Zaire. I'm not saying that. I don't, you know, obviously they did. But 
I think if Franz Wagner or Josh Giddy were available at 10, that's who they would have picked. I think it's fair to say that Zaire was probably in their collection that they liked, but I think it's also fair to say I bet he was at the bottom. And right now, Franz Wagner and Josh Giddy, like their scout looks like it was right. Yeah. Franz Wagner and Scott Josh Giddy look really good. Correct. Um, so the process was there. <laughs> well, here's my here's here's my tell the truth. I'm curious right. what you think about this. All right, let's hear. So it. Zach Lowe had Tim McMahon on his podcast. Oh, so brilliant. Yesterday, I guess it dropped either yesterday or today, and they were talking about. I was listening to Lowe today. Different Western Conference teams' uh, trade deadline needs, and obviously they got to the Grizzlies towards the end. And Zach Lowe's contention basically is like, I don't care if they trade for Ananobi or not. But he feels like they need to add someone. He's like he like feels like the win, you know, like yes, they're young, yes, they'll have more chances, but like they have a chance right now and they should go for it. That's right. kind of Lowe's and he, and the way he phrased it is this is he's he says they're regular season deep. I just don't think they're conference semifinal deep. And they think <gasps> oh, they're conference. Yes, they that think is, they're conference semifinal deep. That is the why you listen to the Low Post podcast right there. <laughs> Those kind of takes. Um, but he's basically saying that when they, I, the way I took it is when they get to the conference semifinals, they won't have enough to get past the conference semifinals, just like last year. That's, okay, so, that was the take. That so was how I read it. Pushing back or on that take a little bit, wouldn't that mean that you're not conference finals deep? Probably because they've already proven that. In my opinion, if we're going to use that scale, they've proven their conference semis deep. And he he said what we've said. They have seven guys you know you can trust at this point. Mm-hmm. The starters and then Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. And maybe Dylan, maybe, maybe Danny Green is the eighth guy, maybe Santi Aldant, but like he doesn't trust anyone else ultimately when we get down to it in a big time playoff game on the roster, and he feels they need one more guy. And again, and I guess I don't necessarily know if that's like unfair or an incorrect take. I also think that, like, it's are, – are we certain what's out there for them? Adds My deal is everyone keeps adding, like, there is a clear piece to add. And I've seen a bunch of options. Well, there is a clear piece. It's like a shooting wing. And there's a couple guys who have been identified. But I see – is it really going to get them over the hump is Correct. what you're saying? Yeah, I can see where it improves them. Right. But is it really going to get them over the hump and make them a championship team? Right, because to me, what it really seems like it's going to boil down to this year, mm-hmm. I'm more concerned of, all right, well, is Ja going to stay healthy during the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Is Des going to stay healthy during the playoffs? Mm-hmm. What does Steven Adams' form look like when he comes back from the injury? Yeah. Is Jaron going to stay on the floor? Yeah. High? Because while we've been banging the drum of he's been a lot better this year with the fouls, it does seem like when he gets into the better competition, he's having to cover they, better guys. They... Like, they do though. If like you know, like ultimately, it is going to be a weak spot in the playoffs. Whoever it is, whether it's Zaire, mm-hmm. whether it's Danny Green, whether it's John Conchar, whoever is manning that role, you are going to go into the playoffs going, I don't know if I can trust that guy. Okay, but I think even I, Danny Green, because unless he looks great, you know, unless he looks great coming, like he might be the answer. But like. Are you really I, – I am not expecting him to come out like gangbusters. Like, these first three games, he's going to come out, and it's going to be like, that was it. Like, they, this was the – this is what they needed. Case closed, whatever. I think he's going to come out a little slow because he's been out for a while and he's older. Well, and he's he's eight months removed for – And a, I also a, think – And I also think – Okay, he, but I guess this – let me – let me. Uh, this would be my rebuttal, though. Mm-hmm. How many teams out there – 
at the eighth or ninth guy, how many do you sit there and you go, for sure I trust that guy? What you just need, it's not a, it's, it's about like if Dylan Brooks is having one of those games, having someone else you can go to in a pinch. They don't really have that right now. Well, to me, though, the key, though, for the Dylan Brooks issue is you just have to keep it what it is. If, hey, yeah, buddy, you're fourth. I, I get it, but, but you're going to have some games where he's just going to not have it, and you need someone who can also play some defense, who can come in there and make some shots for you. Like, it just like that's the reality. You need okay, like, but I guess- the playoffs sometimes are about that role player just coming up out of nowhere and having a game. And they don't, you know, like – I, do you trust Zaire Williams, David Roddy, John Conchar to be that guy? I don't think you can. I guess what I would say is I look at it this way. If your fourth guy mm-hmm. plays poorly, I'm going to imagine most teams are going to lose that game because that's kind of at the margins. I, I think two things can be true. I think they need another guy. I also think they shouldn't pay, they shouldn't give up a first-round pick this season, like right now, to just go get another guy. Like, to me, those first-round picks, when they collected them, when when they did it in the moment, we earmarked it as, this is how they're going to go get another big-time guy for this team. And, like, to me, burning it on, like, Malik Beasley or burning it on OG Ananobi, who, like, is going to be maybe better than Dylan, but not that much. I, I really don't think that much better than Dylan for this team, even in a best-case scenario. I mean, I think what it's what it's fair to say is it is entirely reasonable to expect him to be a more efficient scorer. But I don't know if he is part of this kind of depends on what's the price of Dylan. And and the not only that, I look at it from this point standpoint. Like we've it's been clear now at this point. Like, well, I don't think this team is too immature to win a title. I don't think maturity is like something you go. That's that's one of their calling cards. Like mature, you know, being like experienced and mature. I've been banging like, the drum for a yeah. while on this. Like I, I don't think it's going to necessarily be the reason why. It's not going to be the reason why they don't win a championship. I don't believe that. But I think it's like it's not a strength very clearly. But like, how is this locker room going to handle? Like, it would be a disruption in some ways to bring OG Ananobi in now. And I know that like some people go, well, like you just it's the better player. You just add the better player and you do it. But I think it's just when you look at the makeup of this team and they've never gone through something like that before, where they've had to like introduce a big a big piece in the middle of the season like that. Like it's be- you know, like I can see the reasoning of, you know, let's wait till the offseason to make our big move. Let's see what this group does in the playoffs. And then, you know. If it's not good enough, we'll make a we can make a move in the offseason when maybe we're gonna get a better return, you know, like a better price point, if you will. Because like if OG Ananobi is really gonna take multiple draft picks, I wouldn't do that. I would not trade multiple first round picks for OG Ananobi. All right, you ready for my third tell the truth? Mm-hmm. This type of conversation, yeah, it's fantastic. Is bad for the NBA. Uh, and here's why. Yeah. Mm-mm. What does it reflect? Mm-hmm. That the most interesting thing is just fantasy booking the NBA. Yeah. In the end, why is the NFL king right now? It's because the games matter. People can do the whole, it's because we're football obsessed and whatnot. It's It really boils down to the games matter. Yeah, I think the NBA has a problem with that in terms of, like, the games matter. I think this is part of, you're right, 
this type of conversation. Now, it happens at the deadline in every sport. Even football starting to leak into a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, like, think about it. While the other sports, like, for instance, hot stove talk. The problem way down. The problem is that people have been talking about OG and Anobi since November. Correct. <laughs> like, and now it's, it's, it's almost like people have been, like, well, they're, like, trying to make their take come to fruition. Yeah. I just think, you know, when you're going to have a deadline like this, you know, baseball has it. Like, you know, it's like the, and, and the hockey, it's like this too. It's not the only sport where this type of stuff goes on. Um, but Correct. Th- but, like, for instance, when we are, like, the trade deadline to me will always and forever be Major League Baseball. I can never remember, like, a conversation of even teams that end up making big deals at the deadline. There's never the conversation of, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Are they, is this serious? Like this team only has this team only has ALCS vibes. Mm. ALCS vibes. Doesn't have World Series vibes. Like the conversation it's the problem in my opinion with the NBA is so much of the focus is I want to prove to you that I can build a better roster than mm-hmm. you can, which is kind of like this weird like video game discussion versus like what's actually the product on the floor. Well, that's a it's a good segue into our last mm. Take, hot, you know, sort of national take that we need to get the truth on. So the Athletic updated their power rankings. Yeah. And I guess the way they categorize them is contender and then kind of contender, brink <laughs> of contention. And this week, after that West Coast road trip, the Grizzlies were downgraded from contender mm. to brink of contention. And I hate it, to see it. And it all, well, it all fits into the trade, you know, the trade deadline discussion surrounding them. It's the trade deadline discussion, especially outside of Memphis, but I think even inside Memphis at times now, especially after this West Coast road trip, is eh, they, they, they feel like they're a player away, right? Wouldn't you say that's kind of like a yeah, discussion? Player, player short, yeah. player away, and I, I'd say player short. Player short. There you go. Player short, and that feeds into the brink of contention. And so I guess the. The tell the truth would be, do you really think that road trip downgraded them a level? I heard Carrington today feels like he has not downgraded them from true contender status based off that based off that road trip. I think I tend to like I think I tend to lean towards the athletic in the sense that I think that road trip demonstrated a clear pattern that they're gonna have to prove to me otherwise based off the other West Coast road trip they went on. Where Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a that's a framing argument. Yeah. The same questions I had about this team prior, mm-hmm. I still have. I still think that road trip was more about was more about they didn't take a, it seriously. A young enough. NBA team yeah. being a young NBA team. Yeah. And the reality is I'm in the in people can call me cynical, skeptical, whatever you want to do. I'm just of the mind asking an NBA team when they go out to really fun cities to just take it easy and mm-hmm. stay in and, and watch film. I think that's wildly misguided. And so, yes, it's disappointing, and you would love for it to not be the case, but I also think that's not dealing in reality. See, I I, I think I go back to this. I think I do believe they're a player short, but I also think I can be of the mindset that I don't think there's going to be some deal that they should definitely do at the deadline in order to in order to rectify that. Like some deal is going to make them not. I don't know. The problem that I have with whether or not they are a player short. I mean, inevitably, if the question is, could they use one more guy? Well, isn't the answer to that always yes? <laughs> well, like, sometimes not. Sometimes like like you well, know, sometimes less is more. Could 
Could Kansas City have used another receiver? Yeah, you know, they could have they used Tyreek Hill. Correct. <laughs> They're still in the Super Bowl. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, in the end, it's a relative conversation of, I still think all of our brains have been broken by the super team era. All right. So, like, so we, like, to me, in the end, could this team use more? Yeah. You know who else I think could probably use a couple more pieces? I think Boston could use another piece. If, I think Milwaukee could use another piece. If you were the Why GM. Why am I now talking like boom? If you were the GM of this you team. Know what, you know what? Boom would never. On primetime, you know what you'll never hear talk about? Who should make moves? It's you, always going to be about the football. Do you think Kleiman is right to be, like, overprotective of these first-round picks? If indeed that's the case. I don't want to say that he's definitely doing that. But, like, if he is doing that, if he's, like, saying, I'm really only going to give – like, I'm not giving up a first-round pick for Malik Beasley. I'm not giving up multiple picks for a OG and a Nobi. I mean – Here's the here's the real answer, and then I'll give you the answer that you want for radio reasons. The real answer is we don't know because yeah. we don't know what's on the table. Yeah. I will say this. If the logic is I value a pick and our franchise's ability to turn those picks into something, mm-hmm. I think there's reasonable logic in that in this sense. Those guys are cheaper. Mm-hmm. You're not having to give up any. You know what I mean? Like you're just drafting them. So it's not like you're making other moves to get these guys, and then you typically have them on better contracts for longer. So mm-hmm. if I'm building a team the way that the Grizzlies have to build a team, which is you got to work a lot harder, yeah, I, I think I think that's entirely reasonable. Are you? Sh- I guess I'll frame it this way: Are you entirely sure that Malik Beasley is better than what this team, could, what this front office could find at 23 next year? Yeah, I think that's why they're not. I, I just, I'm not convinced they're like we like they can be speculated about all you want. They are not going to be willing to give up very much. Like if if Toronto came to them and said, "We'll give you OG Ananobi for like," I, I don't even know how you could do it with just salary. I think you had like, but I just don't think that I don't think well, this I mean, front office is going to be willing to do it. I would also argue though, like to your original. If my thing is, if you're going to go get Ananobi. I think you have to include Dylan in the deal. Yeah. I think I think you have to be convinced, like, okay, this is the guy we need, not just, like, this year, but, like, Correct. moving forward. And maybe, they, you know, maybe they believe that. Maybe they don't. Um, but I think when they made those trades to pick that, when, when we thought about, oh, man, they got all these draft picks, like, is that really the all-in move? Like, is that is that where is that where the Grizzlies put all their chips in the pot? For OG Ananobi, because that's what it sounds like. That's what it's gonna. It's gonna take giving up a significant amount of your chips to I make a move if, like that. If you want to answer in, I'd wait till if, the offseason. I guess if you want to answer in the other direction, if they are going to do that type of deal, doesn't Justice Winslow feel like the same type of deal? You see, yeah. like to me, OG Ananobi. What if? What if? What? What? What happens with LeBron and KD this summer? And I'm not even saying like the Grizzlies could get those specific guys, but like. There's the going to be dominoes fall that fall out from all that. Like, you know, what happens in Chicago where, like, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are all, you know, like, not thrilled with their situation? Like, what happens? You know, like, I, I just think I think you're going to get – I think you're, like, you have limited options and a high price here at the deadline. Whereas if you wait a little longer, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you maybe, – maybe it hurts your chances this year a little bit. Maybe. But I also think – you know, the the potential gain of, like, OG Ananobi and Malik Beasley is marginal enough, enough where, like, either using the picks or 
you know, thinking maybe there's something bigger for you or or more value more value for you in the off season uh, is there. I I I really maybe I'm putting way too much stock into what Danny Green said on his podcast, but it made a whole lot of sense to me and made a lot of sense from like. Well, also seeing what this front, how this front office has operated previously, it vibes, it vibes with trends. It's what the yeah. So fascinating stuff. We got We still have nine days to discuss this, Jeffrey. This is going to be Love fun. Love that band. This is going to be amazing. When we come back, Tim Murray from Veasan's going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL, super, his initial thoughts on Super Bowl bets. Also, talk some college hoops. Lots to get to with Tim. You're listening to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tim Murray. Tim, is the Super Bowl line a reflection of what Philly has done in the playoffs or a reflection of how people feel about the injuries with Kansas City? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, we have seen early movement towards Philadelphia. Um, I'm a bit surprised at the overwhelming, at least early, support for Philadelphia. But I do think some of it has to do with the injury concerns at the wide receiver position for Kansas City, the injury concern at, you know, the quarterback position. Um, but you know, we'll see, uh, it, it came back down a little bit today. It was, uh, two, it was two yesterday in favor of the Eagles down to one and a half. I think that's probably where we're going to be living, you know, for the majority of the time in that kind of one to two, two and a half range. Uh, we'll see you where the, where the public ultimately, uh, decides the bulk of their cash is going to be, but I, I expect this one to have. A lean towards Philly, but not anything overwhelming, kind of like we saw last week. Why can't I get on board with Philly? I, this is what I've been trying to think about. Yeah, I just feel like this is an obvious bet this, for Kansas City. But this, but this is the thing. When's the last time we've seen a team that was the longest undefeated team? They, with their starting quarterback, they've only lost one game. They were the number one seed in the NFC. They've won their two playoff games by what, like a combined sixty something points. You know, sixty-five points, but yet here I am. I'm just like, even on Sunday, I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't know. I just don't believe in this. Well, I think the skepticism has to do with the run to the Super Bowl, playing a very flawed Giants team. Sorry, and oh, no, by the way, that was the classic. In the end, like 
if you watch that team play, those teams played in week 14, and that game looked the exact same way. It was 48-22. It was, to yeah, same game. But, you know, neighbor Nick told me that in week 18 when they were, they were benching the starters. Nobody gets stable three times. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you look at the road, uh, and, and, and I'll be honest, guys, and, you know, this is kind of a, a classic sports talk discussion here. But Let's hear it. Are we, are we convinced the Eagles win if uh, Purdy doesn't get hurt? I'm not. I'm so really not. it was the a defense. The defense was unbelievable. And Kyle Shanahan, who I am a big, big believer in, had a massive mistake early on in that game. How do you not ch- throw the challenge flag on a really a game-determining play early on? I mean, that's a fourth-down conversion. Maybe the tell is when the when the wide receiver gets up and is doing hand signals, get on the ball now. Uh, just throw the challenge flag. It's in the first half. It's a fourth-down conversion. You're about to get the ball at the 38-yard line. So, look... The Eagles, ultimately, obviously, with with the injuries of the quarterback, it wasn't very competitive. But, I mean, after that touchdown drive, it was, what, like three or four, four and outs by the Eagles? So The defense was was balling early on. I am with you. The one caveat, like when you say, like, are we sure? I mean, both possessions, like, what was it? We both watched Purdy from college. Like, what is the knock on him? It's like he would hold on to the ball late and make bad decisions. Well, didn't it feel like he was kind of doing that, and that's kind of why he got hurt, is like he held on to the ball and he got hit? You know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, well, I'm not the saying, I'm not saying it's a lock that the, the Niners would have won. Um, I did feel like the Eagles' first touchdown drive was fluky. I hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you on that. Well, I mean, yeah, didn't catch the Devontae ball. Smith's, yeah, Devontae Smith's okay. incredible catch right. wasn't. And but here's know, so. here's my only thing on that. And I'm a, I don't know, a Shanny whore. What do we call? Like, what are we? If we're just Shanahan Part believers, Shanahan, yeah. that's what we used to yes. call it back in DC. Yeah. So if like we're all there, although y'all, I guess y'all are y'all are two generation Shanny guys, right? Well, I always was of the uh, he's overrated ah. category. Okay, but Mike or Kyle. Kyle, like I thought, oh, because oh, you people, did, you, people, but you wanted to lie. You trying to lie people, to yourself, though, right? People in Washington said that uh, Kyle got the OC job because of nepotism. Yeah, uh, but that was that, fun. But isn't that also marked? Isn't that lying to yourself? Of you just don't want to believe. Like he was in your building. Although I still claim, for all the criticism you can give to the football team or whatever, the commies. They fired his dad. You had to get rid of him. Like you know what I mean. Like you, well, well, I don't understand. Like was were they supposed to just keep him? Like I, they fired his dad because the quarterback who ended up being an enormous bust told him it's me or the coach. Right. And so like at a certain point, like what are you supposed to keep Kyle and Danny, around? And Danny Boy uh, decided to uh, pick the uh, pick the quarterback who I think he's a, like what he did with RG three. Didn't Gruden keep McVay? Yes. Yeah. He up he promoted him. Yeah, so McVay like, le- McVay left on his own accord. Yeah. McVay left to get the Rams job. Yeah. And and I remember I remember I had a I had uh an evening show in DC at the time and former uh football team tight end Chris Cooley was on the program <laughs> with me. And he goes he goes, Look, you know, because initially we're like, wait, what? Sean McVay's getting a head coaching 
interview? And he's like, I'm telling you, man. He goes, if he goes back for a second, he's getting the job. He goes, And he said that anywhere. He goes, if he goes in for a second interview with any team in the NFL, he will be their head coach. And sure enough, that was absolutely the case. And uh, he rolled out. So um, that wasn't, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, God, this isn't, this is Memphis talk radio. This isn't mm-hmm. DC talk radio, but there's a lot of things that, I mean, the, the list is endless. Uh, Dan Snyder has messed up up there with that horrible, worthless organization. Allowing Sean McVay to leave, I don't know. What are you going to do? Fire Jay Gruden? Yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he got a head coach. And by the way, it wasn't, like, Gruden was doing fine. He was like, fine. Uh, yeah, he was no, fine. You know, my he wasn't good, but my he wasn't. New, my new it, was like, it was like the Dirk Cutter thing, yeah, right? It, exactly. And they fired uh, Lovey for Dirk, and that didn't work out. My new favorite, my new favorite talking point, uh, y'all's boys, the junkies, Saying oh. whether or not uh, you should be mad at Rivera for playing oh, for in the golfing. AT&T Pebble Beach while he hasn't named a coordinator. Is, is that a real thing? Like, surely no one's really that mad, right? I did see another one of my buddies retweet it and be like, yeah. well, they don't have an offensive coordinator, and uh, he's not at the Senior Bowl. So, yeah. He, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Well, back to the – I just – I don't understand why I, – I was just – Certain Kansas City would be a slight favorite in this game. Well, they I'm opened surpri- it. Yeah, um, so I'm surprised. I, I haven't made a bet yet, guys. I, I do lean towards Kansas City. You know, next week we'll talk more about it and all the prop bets that are out there. But mm-hmm. my initial lean is is Kansas City. Have we I done mean, any research on how Babyface is going to sing the anthem? Is it who is it? Isn't it Babyface is doing the anthem? Uh, or is he doing America the Beautiful? No, he's doing America the Beautiful. I think isn't. Um, There's a country guy. Is it Blake Shelton? No, uh, no. Tennessee whiskey guy. Chris uh, Stapleton. Chris, oh yeah, every journalist's favorite writer. Chris Stapleton. He's the, the new uh, Springsteen. Every sports Stapleton? journalist loves no, him. No, it's like every, Jason Isbell. Oh, you're right. Is yeah, that I mixed guy. them up. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, I mixed Jason Isbell is the new Springsteen for this generation of sports. All right, let's go to college <laughs> basketball because I was fast. I, I loved it. You picked Georgetown oh, yeah. last week. Saxa. Oh yeah. <laughs> nobody. They were. Gets, they were, they listen, were chanting nobody, that. Nobody with the gets 16 the people 30 straight times. No. Nobody. What Come do on. you do you have so we're you know we're we're approaching February now and you know it's time to start getting into shape for for March Madness. Uh, by yeah, the way baby. boys uh PSA Ole Miss is still single digits tonight against Kentucky. Uh oh. Morell's back, right? Interesting. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, they have quit. Okay, there you go. but they, they could get a Morell boost and keep it in single digits. Uh Morell had been playing plenty and they weren't covering with <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have anything for us this week, Tim, on the I college do. basketball front? So I, I got a couple things. All right, so I got a game tonight. I want to get to here in just a moment, but I don't know how many providers you guys have in the great state of Tennessee. I know Westgate's there, BetMGM, basically do, everyone. Do you yeah. guys have DraftKings? Yes, DK's okay. here. So, but if I, you didn't, have, I didn't say that. Mark did. <laughs> all right. If you have that uh, uh, that that company, mm-hmm. uh, DraftKings. Um, and they offer Final Four odds. I, I I am intrigued by this particular team. Go and on. That would be the Creighton Blue Jays. Oh, so here here's hear me out here. So John Martin brought these guys up in a segment yesterday. So Field of sixty eight has them as an eight seed. Jerry Palm has them as a ten seed, and my guy Patrick Stevens at the Post, Washington Post, has them as a ten seed. But if you look at the remaining remaining schedule for Creighton. They are, per Ken Palm, projected to be a favorite in every single game but one. They have 
a game against two games against our beloved Georgetown Hoyas, two games against Villanova, a game against DePaul. They get UConn at home. So they're going to have plenty of time because remember, their best player, or not their best, one of their best players, Ryan Kalkbrenner, their center, had mono and missed three games early on in the season. They had a six game losing streak. But right now, he, went, that, full, he went full Sam Darnold? <laughs> yeah, except he came back and was good. Ah. Um, so right now you could find them at that particular sports book at twelve to one to make the final four. And and I think that is is worth a look. I, I kinda like the final four futures better than the national championship futures because you could get a really fortunate draw. You get upsets in front of you. I mean hell, UNC had to beat St. Peter's to make it to the final four. I mean the Houston Houston never playing a single digit seed to, on the way to the final four. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kansas had a very fortunate draw last year. Now they ultimately won the title, so there's no denying that. So I, I just they might be can, related though. <laughs> if if you can find if you can find a a north of ten to one on Creighton, I think it's worth a look because what we saw on Saturday from the Blue Jays was what everybody kind of expected. I thought preseason this team got way too much love, way too much love in uh, you know in in the you know, the futures market. But now I almost feel like they're a bit undervalued. They got they got experience. They got a good coach. They got shooting. They can defend. They're top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. So if you can find it north of 10 to 1, I saw it at 12 to 1 today. I'm looking at it right now on my computer. If you can find that, uh, worth a look. As for tonight. So you like that? That's like a Trevor Lawrence preseason where everyone stupidly was like, this guy's a bust and no one did the math of like, Hey, Urban Meyer was just that bad. Like this right. is kind of like, all right, it may have been a touch overvalued before, but now it's undervalued. I'm with you. Well, maybe just a little bit. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't it. and they're like 40, 45 to 1 to win it all. I don't know if they can win it all. They I mean they could, but could I would I be stunned if, you know, early April Creighton's in the final four? No, not at all. I mean, we saw we've seen big I mean Villanova made a run to the final four. They've made plenty of final four runs. Um, you know, and Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.